That's that's a great question. I I love I love talking about how I ended up uh, doing this research in Mapungubwe. I I grew up in Bushbuck Ridge in a place called Mkhulu, where first Kanningmoy and then Mkhulu, and these are places that are not very far from uh, the Kruger National Park. And I grew up in that area around you know ninety four ninety five, you you know at the dawn of South Africa's democracy really. And this was an interesting time because this was a time when, you know, because democracy had just set in, a lot of organizations had to had to reform, right? And the South African National Parks was one of those organizations. And so what they did is they founded a section called the Social Ecology Unit, which uh, dealt with needing to integrate you know communities into the the sand parks enterprise uh, because the history of of conservation in South Africa is such that a lot of communities were were not were sort of could not interact with the spaces especially black and you know African and indigenous communities and so they founded this unit and they found they founded uh, various programs within this unit uh, you know you had your kids in parks you had your imbe youth programs which i participated in and that's where my interest in conservation really started and I ended up then studying ecotourism instead of nature conservation because I couldn't get into nature conservation because of, you know, space issues. And ecotourism, part of it, you know, has uh, nature conservation uh, subjects. And then I started, uh, and then I did my work integrated learning in the Cape with Cape Nature. And I uh, ended up working as a field ranger in the Cape as well for just under two years. And in the time that I was working in the conservation space, there was sort of this you know, this people and nature, you know, divide where people are seen as a a foreign agent in these places, except when, when we come in, you know, as tourists uh, or when we come in as workers and laborers, right? And this kind of didn't sit comfortably with me. And I thought, you know, in a country where historically people lived in these areas and people were forcefully removed from these areas, why is it that post-apartheid we are still seen as foreigners in these in these places because essentially i mean people were people were were forcefully removed from these areas and then they were fenced off and then we find ourselves valuing plants and animals over people right and then for my masters i did a study on the cultural connections between people between people and rivers looking at the at the val river in barres and then I decided that for my PhD, I wanted to take this work back to the, the, the national parks where this work had, had started for me. And this is how I ended up studying, uh, you know, this work. And then Mapungubwe, I mean, my initially I wanted to do this work in, in the Kruger National Park because it would make sense. That's where I'm from. Until a friend of mine suggested that we go to Mapungubwe and I see what I think about it. And when I got to Mapungubwe, I was like, wow, I, I have mm. to do my research here. And Mapungubo is very interesting because it, you know, it's not only a national park, but it is also a UNESCO World Heritage Site based on, on cultural values, right, because of the history of it. And so I wanted to find out what it's like for, you know, for a place that is a national park, but is also valued for, you know, for its cultural values, how that works in post-apartheid South Africa. And it was explosive. Mm. Explosive in which sense? I mean, Mapungubo has always been studied as as this relic, right? Uh, you know, with with the archaeological work that 
that uh, that's been done in 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 Mapungubo since the early 1930s and so then comes you know uh, the dawn of democracy and then you have the post apartheid south africa where all sorts of issues are now coming up in these areas because i mean i mean places protected areas like like mapungubo national parks essentially are sort of have always sort of been these ivory towers that are sort of protected from the practicalities you know of of like the everyday practicalities and the everyday social issues that are happening you know in in the country but then comes democracy and we are now having to deal with issues of land claims we are having to deal with issues of people's belonging you know people wanting to assert their belonging in in places including places that have been protected from 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 these social issues and so when i started doing my research all those issues started coming up you know the the different kinds of belongings that people express in places and what that means and you know the different people who who belong and those who are said to not belong as much uh, people, uh, I mean, issues of of human wildlife conflict, which have sort of kind of been avoided as well, you know, for a while. Uh, but now we have to deal with it because there are people there are people living in these areas, and issues of cultural heritage in 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 you know, and the interpretation of cultural heritage in post-apartheid South Africa. Because previously in colonial times there was an emphasis on you know on material objects. So the things that were found in in Mapungu, those were the things that were mostly spoken about, but not so much you know the people of Mapungu and the people who have mm. interacted with this, with this place and who continue to. But now in post-apartheid South Africa, you have to face those issues because people are coming through and saying but we are descendants of this place or we live in this place and we still interact with this place and it is important for, for our voices to be heard. Yeah, and and I guess the other thing about it, as I was saying to um, Dr. Um, uh, Dr. Ndovu, when we had the conversation with him at the Mapungube, is that while people only would look at land as land, the asset, however, though, there is the spiritual attachment to land, um, that many, many people who had lived on the land still have to that particular land and considering, of course, the family trees and the history of what, what connects them to that particular land. And I looked at um, the abstract that you've written and you speak about this idea and the concept of uh, discovery, which itself, as you say, is an act of dispossession. Mm-hmm. Yes. Speak to us uh, about that. Uh, uh, I mean, when when people talk about the discovery of Mapungubwe, I mean, when I write about it in my thesis, I write it in inverted commas, because how do you discover a place that's been there that, you know, and when you get there, there are people there, you know, but but this is a colonial way of looking at place where where people come and they discover places and they erase whatever else is found in that place before and during you know the 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 occupation but yes like you say people have you know ongoing connections spiritual connections with uh, with with the place and these are some of the things that i was looking to do so i was talking to people and and mapping these places and walking with them in places and learning about these spiritual attachments and the everyday embodied attachments that they have and affective you know attachments that they have uh with with the place and and mapping these places that are, are of value to them. And so in addition to just talking to people and listening to people's stories, I've also mapped out the places that they consider uh, places of significance for for you know for all sorts of reasons, spiritual reasons, uh, family ties, histor- historical reasons. Yeah. Um, and in in conclusion, um, looking at the question that you would have asked um, when you started your research, 
the answers that you came up with, but then also um, how then do we ensure that we have a different approach um, to national parks, the conservation of national parks, but also not forgetting the element that says that once upon a time, there were actual human beings who were living on this particular place before it was, quote unquote, discovered, as you say. Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing that we need to consider is the interconnectedness and the, the continuous you know, ties that people have with, with places. And so we need to do away with this human nature dichotomy. You know, we need to view humans as part of, of nature as well. So we need to instead think of, of human and non-human nature because we all are, you know, uh, uh, interconnectedness. So in, you know, a newer approach to, to conservation needs to consider, you know, all of those ties that uh, that people have with, with, with these places. Dr. Mboweni, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And uh, all the best. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Just a quick one. What are you doing now? This is not being recorded now. All right. At the moment, I am doing a consultancy project for AFCI. Uh, funny enough, in the Transfrontier Conservation Areas space, uh, we've just mm -hmm. hosted the annual uh, TFCA meeting in uh, in in Maputo just last week. So I'm working on the reporting at the moment. I'm also trying to to rest a bit because the PhD was really, 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 you know, uh, tough on me. Uh, yeah. So yeah, doing work that's not as uh, as strenuous at the moment but I'm also you know I, I don't know if you know but I'm also an artist so I'm looking at recording yes. a new, new project uh, for for yeah. next year okay well. tell us when you when, when, when the music is ready <laughs> <laughs> I definitely will <laughs> okay then perfect